and I really discovered a new universe for me. I didn't know this ecosystem, these people, and I was very glad to meet people who believed in what they do every day. Mm -hmm. They just believe in themselves and in their actions. They are not cynical about their work. I was really, yeah, stunned by that. And I also see that people were normal, <laughs> like <laughs> social entrepreneurs were normal people. And that is great because in my head, there was Steve Jobs and only Steve Jobs. So in my mind, it was impossible to be an entrepreneur if you don't have a lot of technical background, if you're not known mm -hmm. or something. So that was great to meet some real people and people who were really authentic. So I think this was a, like a... <laughs> I don't know. Like the aha moment. Exactly. Yeah. Et ça fait tilt, as we said in French. <laughs> Lifeline. Hello, everyone. My name is Dean Long, and welcome to the podcast Lifeline. In this podcast, I will interview people who are having a positive impact in their community and have a strong message that deserves to be shared. We will dive deeper into their journey becoming a change maker, and hopefully you can take away some insights for your own journey. In today's episode, you'll be meeting Valentine, a young French social entrepreneur who created a unique kind of public speaking training to give a voice to the unheard. Valentine always wanted to make a difference, but it took a succession of unexpected events for her to discover how. Valentine explains that she had the chance to meet the right people at the right time who helped her realize that she could actually be a social entrepreneur herself. We discussed about the importance of public speaking and why it scares so many of us. And finally, Valentine explores with us her long journey to overcome this fear and how she's now helping others to become more confident public speakers. Bonjour Valentine, I'm super happy to have you in Lifeline because for me you are one of the most inspiring person I know in France and yeah I really want to share your story, your voice, your journey with everyone. Maybe you can start with introducing yourself, where you come from and what you are doing. Thank you for this amazing introduction. My name is Valentine, I'm 25 and I'm living currently in the suburb of Paris in Versailles don't know if you know the palace of Versailles. <laughs> it's not my home, but... Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, it's close. Uh, so for two years, I am launching uh, a project called Toi-même tu parles. Uh, uh, I don't know if I should translate it. Like, you can speak. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds better in French, but... <laughs> And the aim of the project is to give access to the most precarious people to give them access to quality training in public speaking. For example, we've been building trainings for refugee people, for disabled people, for young people. The idea is to get these people more confident in themselves when uh, it comes to public speaking because in France it's something very difficult for a lot of people because we don't really learn how to speak in public at school. We learn how to write, how to write well, how to listen, how to shut up, but we don't learn a lot how to speak. And this creates a huge amount of inequality because when you want to get better in public speaking, you have to go to find a coach, an actor, or maybe when you are in a company, the company pays a lot of money to to teach you how to speak and there is a lot and lot of people who think that it's impossible to be a good speaker or just to have some pleasure when it comes to public speaking so that's why we created uh, we are two with Charlene we created this project to to have a new training positive training a funny training based on practice where you can be more confident and learn two or three things just to be a little less stressed when it comes to public speaking. How did you first understand this problem in French society about like public speaking is something that we don't learn at school? 
but it's something super important because public speaking is not only doing conferences and stuff. It's uh, like all the time, even right now. Mm. But when did you first discover this issue? Like, is it because it's an issue that you were confronted when you were younger? Or is it because many of your friends had this issue? Mm. Or like, how did it happen? Yes, I used to be very shy when I was a child and when I was an, a teenager. I used to be a very quiet and a very good pupil. Pupil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A very good pupil. Uh, and the teachers always told me that, yes, it's excellent, but you should speak more. You should speak in class. And I was terrified about that. But I was really driven by the fact that I wanted to be a good student, a good pupil. So I forced myself to, to speak more, I think. And in parallel... I discovered uh, acting and theater at the age of seven. And I used to take, well, I still uh, take classes of acting since I was seven. And uh, this was kind of a parallel life I had. <laughs> I was very comfortable in a, in a scene. I was uh, making a lot of characters. I was making the witch, the, the bad one, the, the angry one. I was really like a lot in my emotions when I was in a stage. And in everyday life, I was very shy and very quiet. So for me, I think this experience, but I was very young. I was like uh, 12 or 13 this experience was really important because I know that at some point I, I, well, I was able to be very, uh, well, very confident and taking a lot of pleasure when I was uh, in, in a stage in front of a lot of people, and it was very frustrating because I couldn't take that to my everyday life. So I think this frustration was. I don't know the, the, the base of the project, mm. maybe. But after that, I entered to uh, university. I went to Sciences Po Strasbourg, which is a school of political science. And I really enjoyed studying there. I was very comfortable with people. I was good there. I was uh, yeah, in a good place, I think, with uh, friends. And I, I was very interested by class. So I, I think I was uh, in a good disposition to, to, uh, to say that uh, <laughs> English is not so easy yeah. <laughs> as French. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I became the the president of the debating society of my school. So that was quite an important part. I had to organize uh, conferences. Uh, which is debate competing. So I, I was supposed to be the better speaker of my school. As I was this president of this debating society, people had the idea that I was very good at public speaking. So that was complicated for me because, I, yeah, I, I liked that, but I didn't have the confidence. So I think this was also a, a very good point. And during this experience, it was a very... Um, male world a lot of men and mm. very few women participated to, to the debate society and for me it was something I didn't understand uh, why women didn't want to, to participate and also we speak about well educated women high class women and even with this privilege they weren't uh, able to think that they were capable of that so I think this idea was very important for me. Sorry, sorry, the story is very long. <laughs> you can cut it. <laughs> no, no, I love long stories. <laughs> so yes, after that, I started to, to work uh, a very few times. <laughs> and what my working life was for me something in parallel of my personal life. I wanted to have some impact, some positive impact, but... I didn't make the link between public speaking, theater, acting, and my job. That was too different thing for me. And I started to work in development aid, mostly at the French cooperation. And it was a huge disaster. (laughs) Yeah, it was very difficult for me. It was only an internship. It lasts four months. And... 
it lasted four months because I couldn't finish my internship because I get sick uh, during this internship. Uh, I well, I did a burnout in internship, <laughs> which is possible. <laughs> I didn't know that, so I didn't believe that. Uh, yes, it's possible, <laughs> and my manager didn't know that either. So. For her, I was just going to vacation. <laughs> no, it was very difficult because I had such I had um, a big crisis about the impact of my job because I thought working uh, working hard in public development ed would be impactful and, and would really help people to get better, to get to have better house, to have better education, to have more money, and in the well, in reality, what I saw was that my work was useless. Uh, I didn't understood um, my work. I didn't see the impact of my everyday actions on the field. Maybe because it's a big organization and it's a very technocratic. Uh, so, but it was crazy because everybody told me oh yeah you had the French cooperation so good you must be so so glad to go to to work there and I was like mm -hmm. <laughs> because every day was was really really not good <laughs> I was uh, in front of my computer and I was wondering what I what I what, what I well, why why I'm here? Uh, I was wondering that why uh, why I'm here? Uh, why I'm uh, spending a lot of money, of public money for project I don't understand, and my team visibly don't understand either. So nobody understands really what we spend a lot a lot of money, and we we cannot uh, identify real beneficiaries of the project, and that was I think really complicated for me. So. Uh, yes, uh, I made uh, a burnout and a big depression. So that was a really uh, a difficult period. And I had to stop working. And I decided to take one year just to to do volunteer uh, stuff, to, to discover other things, to, to take my time. To take my time. And this year was very cool very nice because I follow well I follow you <laughs> my friend because you told me I was telling you that I was uh, sick at the time and you told me okay come with me I'm going to take you everywhere and you just follow okay <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> so you you take me to to events like make sense events and I really like this community these events in Paris it's very uh, very nice to see this community. It's making like a lot of events, lot of workshops about sustainable issues, about social business. And I really discovered a new universe for me. I didn't know this ecosystem, these people. And I was very glad to meet people who believed in what they do every day. Mm -hmm. They just believe in themselves and in their actions. They are not cynical about their work. I was really, yeah, stunned by that. And I also see that people were normal, <laughs> like <laughs> social entrepreneurs were normal people. And that is great because in my head, there was Steve Jobs and only Steve Jobs. So in my mind, it was impossible to be an entrepreneur if you don't have a lot of technical background, if you're not known mm. or something. So that was great to meet some real people and people who were really authentic. So I think this was a, like a... <laughs> I don't know. Like the aha moment. Exactly. Yeah. Ça fait tilt, as we said in French. <laughs> so basically, the issue you, you are tackling now is TMTP, for mm. toi-même tu parles. It all started personally. So mm. when you started to realize you wanted to force yourself to do more public speaking, take theater classes, and then also when you took this role in university, so when you became president, and... You said, like, back then, in theater, you were, like, super good. You, you re really enjoyed public speaking and speaking in front of a lot of people. But you didn't manage to bring that in your personal life. Is it something you still had when you decided to become the president of the debating competitions? And how did you decide to, okay, I, I want to become the president of the debating competition? <laughs> 
Uh, well, I didn't want to become the president. The former president asked me to become the president of the debate uh, society. So this is a problem, I think, because <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for someone to push me to do things. And I, I, I wasn't enough confident to apply for this role. So I think, uh, yeah, they, they gave me an opportunity. It was quite complicated for me because I didn't feel legitimate. And I had to fight this feeling by doing stuff and doing my part and just, uh, yeah, take my space, take my, yeah, take my space. <laughs> and, and do you believe in your capacity now? Yes, no, yes, yeah. But uh, <laughs> sometimes it's still difficult, you know, because uh, I don't know how to, how to say that in English, syndrome de l'imposteur. Imposter syndrome. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy one. Okay. Yeah, it's still very present in my life, but I understood that it's okay to have it. A lot of people have it. And I think it's the, the other part of uh, the capacity of taking distance when you do something and have a critical point of view on what you're doing. So I think at the end of the day, if it's not something who is very... Uh, who prevents you from doing a lot of things, I think it's a good advisor to say, okay, are you really satisfied with what, you, with what you're doing now? And so, yeah, now it's more like a kind of a friend, <laughs> dependent, depending on the day. But, uh, yeah, I do feel better now because I trust people who trust in me. <laughs> mm. I think if, if some people told me that I helped them with public speaking, this makes me confident because... Um, yeah, I'm more authentic. I'm just helping them as I can. And if they're satisfied, I'm satisfied. So I think, yeah, I just, uh, I give them trust to judge and I'm not judging myself. And so. is there an event or like anything during the period you, you were like organizing and, and president of this organization where you felt, okay, I have this imposter syndrome, but And now people say that I managed to teach them about public speaking or, I don't know, I do this amazing debate during a competition, but I couldn't think I was able to. Is there like some sort of, because we just spoke about aha moment, but mm -hmm. more in terms of, okay, I didn't know normal people could do social entrepreneurship, but did you have your own aha moment in terms of, I can actually teach people how to do public speaking. I'm actually like super good in that. Is that an aha moment also for that? Um, yes, it was more like um, it was. Well, it it last it lasted for a year, so it was more like a. Uh, merde. Uh, <laughs> 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 un travail de longue haleine. Uh, un travail d'endurance en... yeah like uh, yeah it took some time it's not like yes. just one moment but yeah it, it took some time yeah yeah I think the first time I spoke in public in front of uh, my school I just participated in the debate society I was 19 and I won so <laughs> this was uh, yeah this was amazing because it scared me a lot but one Another time, somebody told me, like, you should do that, you should do that. And I, I did it. So it wasn't really my willingness to do that. I was just, like, following the, the river. <laughs> but you were still following it. Yes. Some people might not even yeah. decide to follow it. Yes. Maybe I, I, I am quite crazy. So this is... So what was the context of this competition? It was, well, the... The organization, it's called the EGO, uh, L'École des Jeunes Orateurs, organized once a month uh, a debate competition between students. And you had one week to prepare a speech, a five-minute speech, write it and pronounce it in front of a huge amphitheater <laughs> of 200 persons, I think. And you had a pro and con version of, the, of a topic. 
and at the end of the competition uh, the, the, the the jury the, the judges the judges well were telling that you won you you lose and i won so i was glad and uh, it was quite difficult because uh, it was the first time i was speaking in public in my name mm. and not behind a character what you had what you have in theater is i was able to to be like very funny very angry very crazy because i was hiding behind uh, a character and this time i think it was the first time i spoke in my name so maybe that was quite a aha moment because i was okay I am myself, Valentine, and I can speak to 200% of what I'm thinking. And I've made some jokes also, and people love. So <laughs> <laughs> I was very afraid of people <laughs> didn't get the joke or just find it weird. So <laughs> I told my friend, please laugh very loudly. <laughs> But everybody gets the joke. So. And do you remember your topic? Yes. <laughs> Well, in English, uh, it was can you can you be and have been? Peut-on être avoir été? Wow! And uh, the joke was about Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I quote Kung Fu Panda and Booba uh, at the same way that I, I should have quote Gandhi. Or So for those who don't know, Booba is a, is a French rapper. Yeah, <laughs> and Cook for Panda is a Disney Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So yeah, so flash forwarding. So you had like small steps in your life that yeah. brought your confidence to do public speaking. And after your horrible four months in French cooperation, you started to explore for one year. I really like when you say you started to realize social entrepreneurs are normal people. Yes. <laughs> um, so I is there someone, I mean, like a social entrepreneur you met that gave you this feeling? I think it's when we participated, both of, both of us, to impact to an event made by Euphoria France, an event of three days to become a change maker. Uh, this event was really a great event. And the idea was to, yeah, to, to take concerns of your of your motivation your strengths to build a project a social project in which you believed in so during this event we met some social experts some social entrepreneurship experts i remember marine melado who was working at article 1 french ngo about égalité des chances égalité des chances yeah um Economic equality. Yeah, e equality e for young people. Yeah, in education yeah. and in working opportunities. So Article 1 is, is uh, this NGO, and I remember she was giving us advices about our project, and she was very, she looks normal, and <laughs> she was very nice also, and I was okay. So well, she seems to live <laughs> with her salary. <laughs> <laughs> And she seems to be happy with what she's doing because this was a, a volunteer event and during the, the weekend. So they just came during the weekend to help some random young people with crazy <laughs> projects. <laughs> I was, okay, she's doing that because she likes it and she really seems to like her job. I think that was very inspiring. There was also other entrepreneurs, but... I, I really told me during this moment, okay, it's possible to do something you love, to do something which has a positive impact on people and not doing that only during you volunteer, your free time. Mm. Because when, when I was little, I always told my parents that I wanted to work in an NGO doing humanitarian stuff. And they told me, yeah, but it's not possible, you know, because you, you never had a salary It's only something you can do during your free time, during the weekend. I think I, I really thought it was only the only way you can help people. It's by giving money or giving your free time. But it's also another way. And I think this event, Impact, really told us about that. That we could get involved 100% of the time. And that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know before this moment that you could work and be happy at the same time 
Well, it was uh, something I wanted to find because since I, I am a child, I am very involved in my work. So I put a lot of energy, a lot of feelings <laughs> in my work. So yeah, for me, work should have been a place where you are not happy, but fine. And becoming sick because of work was very complicated for me and for my mental constructions because I, I was always thinking that maybe if my personal life is not great at least I would be a great worker because I was a great pupil you know so uh, I was just imagining myself going playing like a huge woman uh, businesswoman very successful I was really like seeing myself like that uh, I think it was a big illusion yeah. <laughs> but yeah I didn't really, I don't know, uh, confront, confront my illusion. Yeah, faced your yeah. illusion. Yeah, faced it until I was in the real working world. <laughs> so that was complicated. And also, yeah, I had a really great experience in Nicaragua, in Latin America. I was working for an NGO and the people there were amazing. They were really believing in what they, are, they were doing every day. And if they are not working, they know that it's going to be an impact on the population they followed. I was really amazed by this experience. And I think for me, going back to Paris, to France, to a very corporate world was quite difficult because I, I faced some people very cynical, only here for money, uh, or not money, but um, prestige. Genre, yeah, uh, prestige. Prestige. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Thanks, yeah, for prestige. So, uh, yeah, that was another world, and I was not able to fit in that world. <laughs> mm. But it was, yeah, it was complicated for me because I always thought that I was going to be successful and have a big career, have a lot of money, have a lot of responsibilities, and bim, an internship, and I'm not able to finish it. So. Yeah, for me, it was quite difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything you dreamed of or hoped for, it like just collapsed and you're like, okay, what yeah. am I going to do now? Yeah. What's possible? What exists? Yeah. So I see. So yeah, so one year of exploration and you had all these aha moments during impact. Mm. And is it in that moment that you realized, okay, I met this amazing woman who's giving me so much good feedback, and she's normal. Is it when you realize you could actually start also a, a company? Maybe. Maybe during the whole event of impact, because, yeah, we had an idea, we had a concept, and we just lived the project in three days, which is very quick. But I was like, okay, well... I can do it. Uh, it's not a well. It's not a vi um, uh, yeah. Uh, merde. Uh, <laughs> un projet uh, viable. Uh, a viable project. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 that English. Huh? <laughs> yeah, a viable project. Um, but yeah, uh, it was quite a, a revelation that okay, well, I'm about to do that. So. And also, I had an idea during Impact because there was a pitch festival where we were all supposed to pitch an idea of project during two minutes. And we were like 20 persons and only a few were happy and able to come on stage and to pitch their idea. And I was really... What the fuck? <laughs> they have good ideas. We are a very positive group. It's a safe place. We are not going to judge you. Everybody is friends. And you don't want to pitch your idea, which is a good idea. It's too bad. Because what? Because of what? Because your, your, your fear of public speaking is too important. So I think this was really like the... <laughs> the tipping point. Everything that I lived and I was telling you a lot about. Mm -hmm. Just put it <laughs> in a nutshell during this moment. And just it was like a seed and just grows after but really it was like a, yeah a haha moment and I didn't know that exists I was like nah this can't be possible uh, mm. because yeah it, it takes too much time and 
I was showering after <laughs> after impact, and I just had this idea: I have to make some public speaking trainings because I love that. I I am taking pleasure in this exercise, and I'm not afraid of that. I'm afraid of a lot of things, but that no, and people are afraid of that. So, yeah, there is something to create now. And I think we've seen during this event the ikigai concept, like the perfect job is what you can do, what you love doing, and what the world needs. And if you combine these three points, you have your perfect job. And well, it seems simple, but for me, I think it had worked a lot. <laughs> well, it had worked well. Why do you think people are afraid of public speaking? Yeah, it's a big question. I think it's the look of the other persons, the judgment, the fear of judgment. And also because when you speak in public, you expose yourself to others. You separate yourself from the group and you expose yourself. You expose your vision, your idea to a group, to a mass. It's not the same thing that speaking with another person. And for some person, it's quite complicated to speak with one person it's a basic instinct which is uh, I'm alone there is a group in front of me they are going to attack me it's quite a yeah it's a reptilian reflex reptilian yeah like it's our like survival instinct yeah exactly survival instinct so this is like the yeah the roots of this fear and after that yes the, the fact that uh, people are going to judge you are going to to make fun of you And also, for a lot of women, that you are not enough legitimate to speak about what you are speaking. And I think it's very difficult when it comes to pitching an idea just for, just for fun, just during an event, and you prevent yourself from doing that because you don't feel legitimate. I think this is very bad because you don't use your voice, you don't use your space, your right to express yourself. And I think a lot of people in France, we do suffer from this imposter Syndrome. Syndrome. And yeah, it's not a good friend when it comes to public speaking. Mm. <laughs> so you had this aha moment in the shower. So <laughs> did, did you know how to start after, after showering? So you, you were like so excited. You were like, okay, I want to do <laughs> this. But what do you do when you have this crazy idea? You, you know it's going to work. How, how do you start? <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I remember I searched on Google <laughs> 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 if something similar exists. I didn't find a lot of things. I don't know how I didn't find anything because now when I'm typing something, <laughs> I found a lot of stuff. So <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> what I did this day, but I didn't find anything. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> this doesn't exist. <laughs> so thank you. Thanks Google for this day because maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And just after, well, one week after, I registered to make sense a social cup which is an event made by Make Sense to really make a quick starter of your project, but starting from nothing uh, and just have a methodology of uh, Lean Canva startup, like a methodology to start a startup very quickly. And you just work in teams during one day and you put like the basis of your project. This is what, it was a great event and I met Charlene, who is the co-founder of the project there. We didn't know each other. And, well, I asked somebody to pitch my idea because I didn't wake up <laughs> early. <laughs> and, and I came late to the event, so I wasn't able to pitch my idea. <laughs> so Robin, another guy, pitched the idea. And Charlene thought it was great. So we were a, a team of three persons. And all the teams were like five, seven persons. We were the smallest team. And at the end of the day, we were getting very well and we had the same vision. We had also the name, Toi Même Tu Parles, at the end of the day. And with Charlene, because Robin was quite busy, with Charlene, we decided to, to continue the, the adventure. So yeah, at this moment, it was a great event because they give you some advices to, to continue, some persons, some ecosystems, some NGOs, some, yeah, impact also. So I had some documentation. And I started to give like to every <laughs> Facebook pages of this organization. So I started to have a, <laughs> a feed based on social entrepreneurship. Thank you. I think you're, <laughs> you're responsible uh, for that. 
And yeah, I remember that I talked to you about that. I talked to other people, my parents, my family, but this was not easy at the end for them. So I thought, yeah, she's quite, you know, she, she made a burnout. Yeah. <laughs> Now she's quite in depression. Maybe she has some crazy ideas. It's part of the process. It's okay. She's going to get back to the French cooperation at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, they, they wouldn't believe in my projects at, at the beginning. And, well, I understand because that was quite crazy. But I think it was a moment of my life that I was quite crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, I could start, you know. I, I could make this step to, okay, yeah, just try. Just try this. And, yeah, there is a lot of ecosystem who is going to help you because there is a lot of person who did the same There is a lot of organizations who have some resources, some documentation, some advices. So it was not very risky for me at this moment. So, yeah, and I think you helped a lot <laughs> by pushing me in the back. <laughs> Go! It's <laughs> <laughs> great to see your evolution from, you know, you were saying just before that you just follow the tide. Mm. But more and more, you took more confidence. You started to accept the imposter syndrome, and now you're more entrepreneurial, and you start stuff, and you just do stuff, mm. you know. And I think it's great. Now, like, could you share, like, what are your main trainings, events with TMTP? Like, what you mentioned a bit already, who were like the your participants or the mm. people you were working with? But maybe could you share, like. What was the first training you organized yeah. with TMTP? Sure, sure, I remember it. <laughs> uh, I organized a training for pupils in in college, which is like a, not primary school, but just after. They were 13, 14 years old, uh, so teenagers. And it was an NGO who helped them with homework and which proposed them to go to cultural events. And they wanted to make some debate classes. And I was friend with a volunteer and she told me, oh, yes, we want to do that. So we are going to give them topics and just let it go, see what's happening. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I can help. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, the first time we, we gave a class and I told Charlene to come like five minutes before. <laughs> And we just organized like all the class five minutes before. And she was like, what the fuck? What are we doing? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it turns quite well, but not so good now. But it was yeah, a really good start. And we seen like the, well, the, the teenagers enjoyed it and really like were receptive. So it was really interesting, but we definitely need to prepare it. A bit before five minutes. <laughs> five minutes before the class. So, um, no, no, yes, it was really a, a great stuff. And we had the chance to give like five classes with this group. So we just seen the, yeah, the evolution. And it was our first, uh, yeah, our first group. So they weren't coming at all classes. So it was really interesting because we, we understood that we need to work with some NGOs who really make the beneficiaries coming. Who had, so we, we work uh, a lot with other NGOs uh, in partnership because they know their beneficiaries, they know their needs, and we just propose some trainings uh, which aims to fit with the needs of the beneficiaries. Mm. So, yeah, it was an important knowledge about the project. It was clearly not the best training we did, But it was the first, and this really gave us some strength to continue and some willingness to, to get this better and to propose better things, better training to these young people. So, And this was like one month just after the ID. Wow. So, yeah, this was a really great opportunity just to start, you know. They really told you that in the startup uh, methodology that starts, just do something, and this is really true. So you have to do And yeah, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be. <laughs> mm. And this is amazing because you, you have a link with the field, you have a link with the beneficiaries, and it just gives you motivation to continue. So yeah, this was a great opportunity. 
cool. And so in your trainings and workshops, so you add everything that you've learned mm. through acting, through a debating class, but you also add like hypnosis, mm. dance and a lot of different things, right? Yes. How, how did this happen? Well, it happens thanks to Charlene. Because Charlene is not really, she didn't like to speak in public. She was really interested by the project because she found herself in the same positions of her beneficiaries. She didn't like to speak in public and she didn't want it to pitch the project at the beginning. So she was very shy, but she had amazing ideas. And for her, we weren't enough legitimate to give all the classes. And she, she was right. So our position is we're here to give some tips, some good practice, and also to make the, the participant participate and just to create a good dynamic between them. And after we, uh, we had some masterclass of experts. There are experts in hypnosis, in dance, in uh, structuring your speak. And the idea is to take this topic and to give ah ça, pardon rapprocher le sujet de la prise de parole en public avec mm. euh, l'hypnose par exemple yeah so the, yeah like you take all the subjects hypnosis dance whatever and you link it to public speaking exactly and yeah the idea was also to for the participant to discover hypnosis or dance therapy or something that you never 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 have I've, well, enfin, un truc que tu n'auras jamais fait sinon. <laughs> yes, so, something verbs. that you will never do. <laughs> I'm sorry, my English class is uh, <laughs> quite far away. Désolé. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, what I get is that everyone can become a good public speaker, right? You just need some tools, some methodology, a bit more confidence, and a lot of practice, right? Yes. And also, we create a, a group dynamic where uh, the group gives you feedback of what you're doing and what you're doing great. When you do something you didn't prepare, I give you a topic like, okay, you have to defend the cactus. You didn't prepare it. You have no opinion on the topic. It's a bullshit topic. And you have to, to defend it in uh, two minutes with no preparation. And the end of this exercise is that the group is going to tell you what you're good at when you didn't prepare anything. Maybe you're, you have some sense of humor, maybe you have a good look, maybe you have a good body language, maybe you have a lot of things. Maybe you are very structured when you speak, even in a bullshit topic. So this gives you really strength and confidence, I think. And also, yeah, the group is here to tell you what you can do better and what you can improve. So, yeah, the idea is really to give power to the group and to individuals to give quality feedback and to quit the idea of the group is going to judge you bad and they are going to make fun of you. Whereas during our training, the group is listening. The group is something you can rely on. So I think it's the idea of the training. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And you told me when you started your parents were like okay she's doing something crazy it, it will pass whatever but now it has been almost two years right yes so wow <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> time flies yep. um, but are they now supporting you more no they are really supportive i think because yeah i stuck in this project i didn't change projects uh, yeah after three weeks or something like this And also I had to explain to them that I was happy and, uh, and I was thinking how to make it financially viable, how to make some profits in order to have some employees, to have some value production. For the moment, I don't live with the project right now. I don't know if it's correct English, but yeah, I don't have a salary. But it's going to be possible, I think, in a close future because we had some great achievements. We had some... Uh, subventions. <laughs> grants? Uh, yeah, we have some grants by foundations and by public administration in France. So this is a great proof that we are serious and we are doing some projects who, who are needed. So, um, 
yeah, for the moment, yeah, we don't have enough money to employ somebody, but it's going to come. So, yeah, th there is some proof uh, that it works and that we build something of good quality. So I think my friends and my family needed that proof. And I totally understand. <laughs> mm. But my father, since the beginning, was very supportive. So I think this really helped me. And also, I have a, a huge, a huge luck is that my parents are living near Paris so I don't have to pay rent and they are just okay with the fact that I'm living with them so this is great because it was not easy for me to ask them and they also know I'm, I'm, I'm having my own money but during one year they just support with some money so I think this is very important and also very unequal because uh, I came from a, yeah from a rich rich uh, family <laughs> so yeah I, I think this is a, the bad part of social entrepreneurship in France that it takes a long time before you can live with a project three years in average and we don't have a lot of helps of grants or of, yeah of um, scholarship you can have to launch your activity so yeah it really depends on if you have some work insurance or yeah family who who can support you or maybe yeah so this is not uh, yeah for me it's quite it's my story is not like a success story in my point of view because i had a lot of luck so i'm not very comfortable with that for the moment i, I have to accept it because it was a gift and it was a really good gift but yeah for me it's not so great to be in this situation you know Mm. So that's great that your parents support you because I, I know that it hasn't been easy every day even though you know you're doing this super cool project you actually add and change the life of many people and no that's true <laughs> I really think I so <laughs> um, I would like to know like examples of I don't know one or two people that you're like super proud of <laughs> of their evolution yes yeah I, I have some um Well, the first training we gave with disabled people, it was amazing uh, because it was the first time I was working with disabled people and I have a lot of cliches in my mind and also Charlene and Mathieu, uh, our volunteer, we, we were both uh, very, uh, oh, what are we going to do? They are not, yeah, it's going to be weird to work with these people because we, we are not used to that and It was very simple at the end of the day. It was very, very simple. And the people, I remember one man, he was so happy to be there. And he had some difficulties with pronunciation. And he was so happy. He, wanted, he, he just had a job, a job at uh, Five Guys. And he wanted to really improve himself because he had this job. And he was so motivated. And he just started every exercise like I want to do that yeah. and he had this yeah this difficult pronunciation of words so I just thought that wow if I was in in his place would would I have been so brave to do that so yes to go through your difficulties and just do that take your space <laughs> so yeah that's why it's quite inspiring and also another man in this training he was not happy to be here <laughs> 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 he was in a welling chair and he was like he was a young man I think he, he must have 25 or something and he was very judging us you know asking us but why are we doing that really and at the end of the training he was really enjoying himself and he was participating a lot so that was really a good gift to see that yeah you can take someone in your in your vibe in your training when they are They're not so glad at the beginning. It's a, yeah, it really fits in their needs, and that was a great achievement. And also, yeah, we we making like a um, a completion of five training for a group of 10 person. They just follow the same a big training with masterclass uh, as we talked about. And at the end of the session, they do a public speaking session in a bar in front of their friends, their family. And, uh, yeah, the volunteer of the of the NGO, and one woman. It was just before we started. 
she she was like mm, I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do that <laughs> okay uh, no 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 I, I can do that but there were her friends her family and she was like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> and yeah uh, we just tell her that just uh, just do it just try it's there is no it's just a simple try it's okay there is no consequences if you do that bad it's okay and she took a shot (laughs) (laughs) no no she didn't take a shot she took a beer or something but (laughs) yeah she finally she did it and she did it very well she did it great so it was amazing to see her yeah finish the session and just be brave (laughs) so it's very yeah it's it's a good job because yeah you see people becoming brave or going through their difficulties and just giving the best of themselves and this is very moving to see that and you you're like great great to see that and this gives you a lot of energy to continue the project even if you don't have money even if you're just a rich kid who (laughs) (laughs) who needs their parents to (laughs) to do their project but (laughs) so yeah it really gives you energy see that my imposter syndrome is still here (laughs) Did you ever think that you would do something like this? Nope. <laughs> Never. Super deep question, but what do you want TMTP to look like in 2030? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the SDGs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 2030. We're in 2020. 20. 20. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Almost 2021. Okay, <laughs> yes. Okay, 10 years. Wow, well, 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 well. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, I, I hope that in 2030 we are a big community. We are a big community of volunteers, of employees, of aficionados, <laughs> of uh, yes, of other people who are interested in public speaking. And we really, we realize our, our goal of today, which is put. Um, a model economic mixed like hybrid business model yeah thanks <laughs> yeah but yeah realize in that in that, uh, oh, <laughs> I didn't get it hybrid, hybrid business model hybrid business model thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we have our hybrid <laughs> <laughs> business can say it in model <laughs> Ok, donc notre modèle économique hybride. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we we train companies, and in in the same time we train our beneficiaries thanks to these companies, and we create events with the company and the beneficiaries. So, for example, we trained, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, UN staff and thanks to UN staff we are going to take an amount of the price to finance a training for for example an NGO in Thailand who are working with children depending on the NGO we don't have still <laughs> a partnership in Thailand but in 2030 we have some uh, so <laughs> yes so the idea is like we have this hybrid economic model and our methodology is known everywhere in the world and there is like some TMTP schools or wow. yeah, or I don't know, TMTP book in schools and teacher can use it to teach. So at the end of the day, we we don't, well, the world didn't need us. Well, my time, my country, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, we are, at the end of the day, we don't need to exist because there is, everybody is cool with the fact of public speaking. Yeah. This is great. You tell me that. You tell me that the main objective of a social startup is to disappear at the moment because the need, the address, no longer it's exists. Filled, yeah. Yes. So this is quite inspiring. Cool. So hope that you make it in, in 2030. Yeah. Even before. Maybe it's a little <laughs> early. <laughs> cool. I have two last questions for you, but more about you. The first one is... What do you want people to remember you and to know you for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good question. 
Mm. I would be proud if people who I know personally remember me as a a nice person to start uh, who who yes who were there for him for help them and uh, yes and also who are authentic and who are saying things and doing things the same way like yeah be authentic I think and maybe like the best social entrepreneur <laughs> yeah having like a cool photo <laughs> Statue in Versailles castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. When I was a child, I wanted to be famous for something. So, yeah, I have quite a huge ego. <laughs> so, I don't know. This ego is depend of the day. I think it's more what you do every day, and not because what people remember. It depends on the communication on the way you you tell a story. So, I think. The most important thing is people who remember you, who had known you, really, and who had experienced what you are doing great. And do you think you are this person already? I try. <laughs> I try. I try to be proud of me. I try to be, yeah, authentic as I can, not being false, not being hypocrite. So yeah, it's not easy every day. So yeah, the, the financial part is quite complicated for me today because yeah, I want to to be independent and I'm still counting on my parents. This is quite complicated for me. But yeah, I try. I try. I do my best. So my last question for you is uh, a bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> so what <Merci>. are... Um, <laughs> it's someone who asked me one day this question and I really like it. What are three hashtags that will make people think about you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> It's not easy. <laughs> uh, maybe improvisation. Maybe being late. <laughs> Because I'm still late. <laughs> always late, always. Um maybe yeah involvement but being late <laughs> thank you so much Valentine it was super nice to have this chat with you especially in English yes merci it was not easy for me so <laughs> sorry for your ears <laughs> but it was a French English class today thank you so much Valentine and yeah. where can we f find out more about you well you can go on my Facebook page Thomas Chupal And we have also a website, www.tomemchupal.fr, uh, <laughs> which I'm going to give you. And also we have an Instagram account, www.tomemchupal. So yeah, feel free to follow us if you know any person who needs this training, who wants to benefit from a training, an NGO, a corporation, an individuals. Yeah, feel free to, to contact us. Thank you, Valentine. Merci. Thank you for listening to the voice, struggles and hopes of Valentine. I hope that listening to her will help you move forward in some way. If you enjoyed this episode of Lifeline, please do share it with your friends so that the journey of Valentine can inspire even more people. In the next episode, you'll be meeting Yama, a Dutch-Afghan changemaker who is really driven by his mission to bring more diversity to France's startup ecosystem and to contribute to the development of Afghanistan. Here's a quick preview for you, and see you next time. I wake up, I'm grateful for the opportunities that were given to me, and uh, yeah, I feel obliged to do something back. So this drive and this high energy I have, of, I want to you know, bring dignity to my community. You have to understand the shame and humiliation you go through growing up as a refugee, because you lost your country, you lost your dignity, you lost all of your social standing and your social capital. So I think this shame and humiliation, that's also drives me to work hard and outwork, outcompete, outstrategize other people. That's why I think I can make it as an entrepreneur. So that's the story why <laughs> I'm doing so many things, but also because of the frustration, because of my own needs. So you don't have people from my descent working in a startup scene 
or at least I don't encounter them. And because of that, you feel, okay, maybe I need to also get access to funding, you know? So, so it's all out of my own frustration needs and I end up doing so many different things. But I'm telling myself, even if I fail, I can be a pioneer and I can open doors for other people from refugee descent or from migrant descent to just bringing representation in this technology scene. For me, that's very important. And also advocating for the cause of my people. You know, I don't want to forget where I come from and how lucky I have been. (laughs) 